Dan Nunley and Fred Slow. What it is, Albuquerque. Welcome to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports. And we start our days at the Y. It's a Fredless Monday on Two Men On, but luckily... Stepping in from the on-deck circle into the batter's box, we got Robert Buck D. Gibson. What's going on, my dude? Nothing much, man. It's a, it's a nice day. It's a nice day considering it's Monday. I don't know because I didn't get out of bed until like 11. That means you had a great Sunday. I had a great Sunday. <laughs> the reason co-host of Two Men On, Fred Slow, is not here is because it's his birthday. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't work birthdays. Huh? He don't work birthdays. Happy 52nd birthday, Fred. He don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Text Line. Send Fred, loyal listener, send Fred some birthday wishes. Yes. Text some well wishes, and I will screenshot them and send them to him to let him know how much love he has out here in Albuquerque. Behind the glass on the ones and twos, super producer Mike Vital. What's happening, my guy? How are you guys doing on this Monday? It looks pretty nice outside, and that's the weather forecast. Now back to you. Huh? Thank you. <laughs> that was nice. Strong work, buddy. Very nice. Dude, my dude wears a lot of hats. So we did it up right at Bourbon and Boots. Everyone, you should be going out there every Raiders game. We're hosting the Raiders Den here in the Sports Animal at Bourbon and Boots, corner of Central on, and you had, Fourth. You had Robert with you, I heard on the remotes. Yeah, yeah that's I right. Out. I came out. I had my. Did you have fun, Robert? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had my LT jersey on. I was hoping to ruffle a little feathers, but I let the Chiefs do that for me. That's Ladanian Tomlinson, Ooh. not Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> As he is a Chargers fan. Yes. And I'm I'm quick to admit the other LT. The other LT. The other LT. LT Jr. Yeah, there you right. Go. <laughs> we did it up right at Bourbon and Boots. Had a special little uh, surprise party for co-host and dear friend Fred Slow. I hope he had a blast yesterday, and I hope he's having a blast today. So happy birthday, Fred Slow. We all love you here at Two Men On and the Sports Animal. Big weekend in the NFL. Everyone, the whole AFC is up for grabs. Who wants the AFC? That's crazy. Who wants to win their division? If you take out the Jets, the Texans, and the Jaguars, every single team in the AFC is in the playoff race. <laughs> How about this? There's five teams in the AFC that are seven and six. That's it's yeah. bonkers. Five teams are seven and six, and one, two, three are six and six or six and seven. It sounds weird, but if you think about last season, Tampa Bay was seven and five. Sure. They were the fifth seed and went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of chances. I've never seen in a long time, Robert or uh, Van, and for the first time, I've never seen in a long time of everything so knotted up with all the teams, especially in the AFC. 
Yeah, it's bonkers, except yeah. for, I mean, the Chiefs are finally playing like the Chiefs, and the Patriots uh, just got their seventh win in a row. Besides the Chiefs and the Patriots, it's it's anybody's game here. And then the Patriots and Chiefs are just as capable of going on a slide. I was going to say, they don't, look, jump them. they don't look dominant. They look like they can be beat. There is no real dominant team unless you want to count the Packers' second half last night. They look very strong. Buccaneers 10-3, and three, Packers 10-3. and three. And with the Rams' rash of injuries, it looks like the Cardinals are going to move to 11-2 and two tonight. But any given Sunday, in this case, any given Monday, the Rams could do it. Yeah, the way the season's been going, every time you pick someone who looks like a clear-cut favorite, they lose. Jalen Ramsey's out. Tyler Higby is out amongst others for the Rams. Those are big losses. Well, I take that back then. <laughs> Especially three of the next four weeks, you've got divisional matchups, and like Robert said, anything can happen. Yeah. As also we saw out. yesterday where the Washington was dead in the water, down 20 points, and came back and almost, you know, almost caught up with the Cowboys. That was a pretty interesting finish. They were playing some super soft defense. They, Cowboys D let them back in the game. Like that was, it looked like it was almost by design. Like the like Cowboys defensive coordinator like had money <laughs> for the Cowboys to win, but for Washington to beat the spread. And like, oh no, we better play a bunch of zone defense and not rush anybody all second half and let these guys back into the game. It wasn't all the defense though. Dak was not playing the best. That pick no, six, that pick six to cut it down to a touchdown lead at the end of the fourth was, that was ugly. But that defense is pretty dominating. Wow, Micah Parsons, man, a couple of sacks and that one where the ball, he jarred it out of the Heineke's hands and went in for a touchdown for the pick yeah. six where they ran it back. Gosh, their defense is really good. Yeah, it's impressive, man. All All year, they haven't had a lot of off games where they gave up a lot of points. But all year they've been making plays, like turnover after turnover. It seems like Micah Parsons is going to get a strip sack every single play. That's crazy. Trayvon Diggs is going to get an interception every single play. It's it's dangerous. Like Those two picks in two years, like got to give kudos to the front office on that one because it transformed their defense. Micah Parsons is what they thought Jalen Smith was going to be. Sure. Yeah, yeah you're exactly point. right. That's yeah. a good point. Penn State, man, they kick out some linebackers over the years. You can go way back, and Penn State always <laughs> yeah. has always has quality linebackers coming out of there. It should be a good game, even with the injuries, even with the COVID. I'm excited for Monday Night Football. And by the way, Monday Night Football coverage starts here on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal starting at 5.30 with a 6.30 kickoff. ESPN's Monday Night Football. I think it's going to be a good game. Stafford's healthy. Kyler's healthy. A lot of their weapons are healthy. I think whoever makes the biggest plays. Cardinals are a favorite. Jalen Ramsey being out hurt. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins just going to run around like a maniac, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. You saw how he came out the last game they played. You know, he was – they were saying he wasn't supposed to play – First drive, touchdown. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, he's good. 
That's that's like Bill Belichick stuff right there. Yeah. Like lie on the injury report, <laughs> get you to game plan for somebody else exactly. and just feed the air quotes hurt guy over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, your boy Henneke for Washington, man. That's Yeah, he made me look very amateur. <laughs> oh my goodness. He needs to take that he needs to change his number. Cause I was like, okay, he's he's Favre Jr. But he was the bad side of Favre because he turned the ball over, seemed like every time he touched it. Change it from number four to number two. Yeah, two. Yeah. Two will work. Number two. Or whatever Taysom Hill's jersey number is. <laughs> <laughs> You get an interception, and you get an interception, and you get an interception. They had the backup come in and do some work. So I, I, I got to go back to what you said. That Dallas defense is dominant as they were to start the game. That ending was – and that was against a backup. What's his name? Allen? I think that was his name. I don't even know where they found that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's his last name. He came out of nowhere to bring him back close. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I thought they had somebody else on the depth chart. I thought they had um, what's his name? Guy with the horse face. Um, can't remember his name. I was gonna say John Elway. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Glennon. Glennon. Glennon is on the Giants. The now, Giants. Right? Yeah. yeah I thought Glennon was the backup for. No, the Gl- football team. See, Glennon is the Pez dispenser guy with the long neck. Yeah, the long remember? Neck. Yeah. Yeah. Horses have long necks Yeah, as that's well. true. There you yeah. go. There you go. This <laughs> <laughs> is sad how we remember football players. Like Glennon, I think Glennon's like secretly a Manning. He's like half a Manning, though. <laughs> Just in the throat. <laughs> and we're, ta- we're talking about this on Sunday, man. With the Manning brothers having such great careers. Yeah. And then now they're, you know, Manning's all over. Peyton Manning's all over every commercial. He's just hilarious, hosting yeah. shows, being on Saturday Night Live. Eli Manning is a great, goofy sidekick, right? Yeah. What's the third one? Cooper, right? Cooper. Is he the oldest? I don't know. I, I legit he was don't the know. the oldest. We we're talking about this on Sunday. C- Cooper could cure cancer and no one would care. No. No one would care cuz you're still <laughs> you're still not a Manning brother. He could he could cure COVID. Yeah. And they'd be like so about Peyton and Eli. Anyways, have you seen <laughs> him when they cover Monday night football? It is hilarious, <laughs> Cooper. You did what? Oh, sure, whatever. More NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Empty gun for Heineke, fourth and two, back to throw, rush, sacked by Parsons. The ball fumbled out, recovered by Dallas. They'll run it down the sideline. That will be a Dallas touchdown. A.J. Dillon, the hammers, the lone setback. Rodgers under center, looks, throws, slant, right side. Devontae for the dagger. Touchdown. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we start our days at the YMCA. Packers are good. Understatement. Let's go to commercial. Understatement. <laughs> They make me look at my quarterback. I've, I'm a Chargers fan. I love Justin Herbert. But I watched him, and I was like, man, we got a good quarterback. Then I watched the Packers, and I was like, man, our quarterback is not him. It's unfair. It is. It's unfair to have him. He's in a tier of his own. 
He's in a tier of his own, the NFL. Right. Yes, yes, I will admit, reluctantly, Tom Brady's the GOAT. He is. There's no question. There's no comparison. What the throws that Aaron Rodgers makes yes. week to week, that touchdown down the sideline. Oh, my goodness. With two people. Actually, it was three. It was three, and he dropped it. Collided, yeah. You could just see the ball going like an inch past their fingertips. Yeah. They're jumping up, trying to swat it in slow motion. It was beautiful. And they've and, got good chemistry. You can tell how many years they've worked with each other on that. Right. And then if you cut the camera angle and put it on Rodgers, he's not even exerting energy. or No. He, he just flicks it. And it's like, man, this guy is talented. See, it – the horrible public perception that he had just a couple weeks ago. He just shut his mouth and started being Aaron Rodgers on the football field. And we're not talking about him and Joe Rogan. We're not talking yeah. about him not wearing a mask on the set of a commercial. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about how elite and amazing Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is. And Vital, like we have been so spoiled to go <clears throat> from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, like it's, it is an embarrassment of riches for Packers fans. But what's really Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But what's carrying this Packers football team is that defense. Right. The defense is elite this year. Another pick six last night by a guy who was on the Cardinals practice squad just four months, three months ago. They're not bonkers. That blows my mind. I mean, When's the last time the Packers had a defense like this? Uh, when they went to they, that Super Bowl that Rodgers won 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. Reggie White and Charles Woodson. You guys also have a run game, too. Yeah. I think that's the key. I think that's how you're able to pass more. Like, you know, in that Chargers game, did you see that? They were trying to run the ball. Right. And then Herbert throws that 59-yard bomb, which was beautiful, to Runyon. And I think that's that's – if you got a team that can run the ball – that he opened up the passing lanes, and you saw that last night when the Packers came back and won. Well, Mike, what we need as Chargers is just we we just need to play New York teams <laughs> every week. <laughs> every that week. seems to work. Yeah, we can run, we can throw, we can do everything. Just let's play the Jets next week, the Giants again. Go back to the Jets. Let's let's just do that. We uh, Roger, uh, talking to you, uh, Roger Goodell. Can you get us? <laughs> Eight games against the Jets, eight games against the Giants, and then one rivalry game against the Rams. Is, does that look good? Can we, can we make that happen next year? Well, they'll get another rivalry in their division. It'll be the Chiefs and the Chargers, I think, on Thursday night. Thursday. If I'm right, Robert. Yeah. It's a quick turnaround, which I hate those Thursday games, but it is what it is. I have to say this as well, because a lot of people make fun of my team and they say, you guys don't have a home field advantage. But I do believe we are 5-1, and one, maybe 6-1 and one at home. Five and one. Five and one at yeah, home. That's pretty good. Look at that. You're facing a team that's won six in a row, and it seems like the offense is getting back in Mahomes. But that defense is what's been strong for KC in the six-win win streak yeah. there. Yeah, Tyron Matthew. Ooh, Honey Badger is back. Yeah, watch out about them Chiefs, man, now that they're playing defense. Because it's weird how they flip-flop. When they were losing close games early in the year, it was like 38-35. Right. The offense did what they needed to do, but the defense, like I said a thousand times on here, I will beat this dead horse. The Chiefs defense made every single 
quarterback they went up against look like Patrick Mahomes. But now they're actually playing defense, and the offense is weirdly having struggles Mm -hmm. until yesterday. Yeah. Holy moly, they put it on them. (laughs) Plan the Raiders to do that. (laughs) Hey, and by the way, Raiders fan, I'm talking to you directly, Raiders fan. We were at Bourbon and Boots hosting the Raiders' den, and this has been the worst turnout at the Raiders' den. It is shoulder to shoulder with silver and black, and it was like half capacity. I think they knew. They knew, right? Yeah, they knew. That's that's they knew the time, what was happening. Those are the times that your team needs you the most. Yeah. That's the time you get the drunkest, you yell the loudest. Yeah. You support your team. Go to the, go to Bourbon and Boots, get a couple beers in you, and yell at that rectangle for your silver and black. Yes, get there early and put that positive energy out there. I go, I'm going to say that energy was not there at all. As soon as that game came on, they were down 7-0. to zero. 17 seconds into the game. Fumble return for fumble a touchdown. Fumble return for a touchdown. First handoff. And, and right then, I'm looking at the game like, I didn't think, okay, they're going to. I was like, oh, this is about to be a blowout. It got ugly fast, and it Real stayed ugly. that way. Yeah. And the Raiders, man, I love them to death. They're my second favorite team. Football is better when the Raiders are playing well. But, I mean, they're 6-7. and seven. And they got a negative 80-point differential. So they're winning a couple close games and getting slaughtered on Sunday. That's, that's what that point differential tells me. They have a similar point differential to other losing teams. It's, it's very bad news when you project those games. Because well, they, they, they stole a couple early in the year. Yeah, They could just as easily be 3-10 and 10 as 6-7. and seven. I was I was reading an article where it says that the Raiders versus the Chiefs for for this year was the biggest blowout wins since 2015 for two teams in one season. That's rough. Like 66 points between the two games. Talking NFL, probably going to analyze his Cowboys performance on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline. We have frequent contributor Bourbon and Boat Bourbon and Boots Raiders Den attendee Tommy the Truth. What's happening, my guy? Hey guys, what's up? Tommy the Truth back at you. First and foremost, happy birthday, Fred. Want to say that shout out. Hope he has a fun birthday. I did get a chance uh, to meet Mr. Gibson for the first time. On Sunday, it was fun, and we have a lot in common. We love to talk football, and we love to talk wrestling, so that's always a good thing. Oh, yeah, it was there nice to see you too, Tommy. And what he was – he mentioned something to me that he was shocked. I'm a different type of Cowboy fan. What, what exactly did you say, Mr. Gibson, about me, about being a Cowboy fan? Well, I said I, it's not that I don't like the Cowboys. I just dislike 99% of the fans because they're not realistic. You are right. one that I have met. That knows the team, and it's realistic. Sure. You're realistic. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I left early because I wasn't going to stay that long anyway, but I was starting to get heated because I felt Dallas letting up on the gas pedal. You called it. And allowing the team to come back on them, thinking the game was over with, which they will do it. McCarthy gets a little conservative. Cheeseburger McCarthy is what I call them, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> you called it early with- in the third right. quarter, right. too. You called it. Well, I was happy with the early. first half. Was great. First half was great. I mean, the second and then the second half came, and 
I felt something. I go, I got to go home because I'm going to start screaming at the TV. Defense was great. Dak had, a, to me, a terrible game. First interception, he floated it. The second one, guys, right there, and he threw it right at him. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you just run the football, run the clock out? You don't want to try to get 40 points anyway. So I was happy we won the game, but that's a team we should have just buried. And we, we didn't get it done, and that's what elite teams do. And that's why they're not, I feel, where they need to be to be that elite team I have. Number one is Green Bay because they beat Arizona. Number two is Arizona. Three, Tampa Bay. And I would probably put Dallas at four or five. But if McCarthy coaches like this in the playoffs and gets into that little conservative shell of just making boneheaded calls, then we're not going to last past the first game. We're really not. And that's, that's what I'm thinking right now. He's going he's gonna to hurt us in the playoffs. And I, I, when they hired him, I was kind of like, okay, he's just another scapegoat for Jerry Jones. He's going to tell him what to do. He's going to be a puppet. And I still feel that way. And uh, any time the Cowboys have had a coach that stands up for themselves, he gets rid of them, Jerry Jones and Bill Parcells, because they wanted to do it there with Jerry, uh, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. Tommy, let me ask so, you Let me ask you about Dak yeah. Prescott, because yesterday yeah. Tony Pollard was out. Zeke, sure. Zeke looks like a shell of himself. He's not really playing elite but, football like he was the last couple of years. Yeah. So right, right. I, I know I know about 15 teams in the NFL would love to have Dak Prescott as their quarterback, but I don't think he's a win-it-on-his-own type of guy. You have to play complete team football if Dak Prescott is your quarterback. What are your thoughts? I agree with that. I, I, I'm worried if he's maybe like a Tony Romo 2.0, where Romo will only get you so far, and then he gets you to the playoffs and – you know, he got pretty good quality teams, and he just can't get it done. I think Dak, right now, I looked at him, he has to kind of have these perfect scenarios happen, happening for him. He does, And the thing is, this defense, who are you going to block, Michael Parsons, Gregory, or Tank? That defense is it's pretty stout as long as those three guys stay healthy and you got Diggs back there, too, lurking to get an interception. But with Dak, I do worry that he needs, he needs almost perfection in his games or the, the game plan to go almost perfect. For him to play well and we'll see we got some games more divisional games coming up the giants we should beat them handily that should not even be an issue but i'm curious is when they play at philadelphia play washington again in dallas and then they play arizona january the 2nd that's going to tell me so much about the team if they're up there because you really don't learn anything from beating terrible teams it's just you beat a terrible team i want to see them play the good teams and see how they do you heard it first, Albuquerque. Reasonable Cowboy fan, Tommy the Truth. Thanks for the call, Tommy. Yep, guys. You have a great uh, night. Have fun. Appreciate you. Yeah, I think you have to have your running game. You have to have your offensive line healthy. Yeah. And you have to have your defense playing well. Because <clears throat> I don't think you can just put the team on Dak Prescott's shoulders and have him have serious successful results and I think that's what they were trying to do because of the hype from last year oh he's leading the league in passing yards and if you're always behind yeah you got to throw the ball exactly so he's not that guy that I see like you're saying as the quarterback you'd be like okay go win the game for us not gonna happen more NFL talk when we get back is Urban Meyer on the hot seat already has he got off the hot seat all year you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Albuquerque. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. 
We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we start our day at the YMCA. It's a Fredless Monday. We didn't put him on assignment. We didn't send him to cover a game. He's not calling a game for New Mexico Highlands. It's Fred's birthday. 63rd birthday, you guys. Yep. Hit us up on the Sports Animal text line. You want to railroad our conversation, send us your hot takes, and we may just divert from our conversation. Or, 505-246-0610, text Fred happy birthday. He deserves it. He loves you so much. 67th birthday. Don't forget. He just aged four years. Every time he just (laughs) just add years onto him. Count the rings on his neck. <laughs> Urban Meyer. Oh, man. Dude is on one. Oh. He is on one. Oh. If he, you figure after that drunken grind up on him sorority girl night. At a club. He would be on his P's and Q's yeah. the whole rest of the season. But no. Urban Meyer is out here acting a fool. And you would think he's he's acting the way I thought Belichick would act. He's like Bizarro Belichick. Yeah. He had a team meeting. <laughs> he had a team meeting and started calling out his own coaching staff, telling them they're a bunch of losers. Everybody. And like, show me your resume. Where have you had success? <laughs> the balls on this guy. That might work with college kids but not grown men. Yes. Well, these are the the staffers on your on your team, the coaches that you picked. So no, you tell me my resume. Exactly. <laughs> Did you not read my resume when yeah. you gave me this job, yeah. Urban? Yeah. It's a dumb name, by the way. Yeah, it is, very much. The only other Urban I know it's like a 1890s baseball player, and his name was Urban Shocker. That's a dope name. That's the only other Urban I've ever heard of. Yeah, Urban Shocker. Urban Meyer had cornered the market in my brain for Urban. Urban Meyer, like, ruined the public's perception of hip-hop and R&B. <laughs> he gave the word Urban a bad name. Yeah. So if it's, if calling out his coaches wasn't enough... In front of the players, one of his players spoke out, and I quote, I mean, obviously it's an unnamed source, but it's a source nonetheless. He came in preaching values, family, and team. It's been anything but since the start of training camp. He's a phony and a hypocrite. We know who he is. That was a player. That's a person wow. who spent all year with him. That's a person who has a home, who has a locker in that locker room. If you have a bad relationship with the players and some of your assistant coaches, you can't salvage that. I mean, I know no. he, that that franchise is bad. Let, let us, let's be honest. And they're always in a rebuild mode for some reason every other year, except a couple of years ago, you're right, uh, Robert, when they did go to the AFC Championship, but still – I mean, you you got you can't lose that locker room, and I think he right. has. He lost the locker room a long time ago. Oh yeah, what he's doing is just making it worse. Yeah, 
like to me, this is a guy that's just asking to get fired. He's like, is Jacksonville, Florida that bad? He wants you hate out. it. He wants out. Florida is Florida. Don't get me wrong. By the way, if you want a fun trick, Albuquerque, type your birthday into Google and then put Florida man after it. I guarantee you Florida man did something absolutely insane on your birthday. Watch, Rob. You do it right now. I'm doing it right now. Do it right now. (laughs) No rated R stuff. Yeah. So if that wasn't enough, another source said, source apparently in the locker room, blame the struggles of Trevor Lawrence on his bad game plan. Quote, it's not so much that he's playing badly. Rather, they always put Trevor in a bad situation. Might be the same source as the last quote, I don't know. You know he's just like floating here. He doesn't, he doesn't even care anymore. So in a, in a post-game interview, a coach was asked about playing uh, Andre Sisco, a rookie um, defensive back. And he said, I quote, Cisco is playing a little bit more, I believe. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Vital, how many snaps do you think Andre Cisco played in th- during that game? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the answer is zero. None. Zero, he yeah. didn't even get on the field once. Wow. He didn't even get on. He don't even. He doesn't know who's playing on his oh own team. My. Come on, really? Now. You he made just, this up. He He's just dialing it in. I can't wait. I hope Trevor Lawrence has a long, prosperous, fruitful career because once he's a veteran, he can go back and freely speak about Urban Meyer because since he's a rookie, he's not going to say anything right now. He'll spill the beans later. If I was him, I'd demand a trade because that's just overall a bad franchise. Oh, they're not giving up sunshine. Oh, he ain't going nowhere. You can't do that. Oh, no. You just just need to continue to get him more help through the draft and free agency, and sunshine will be just fine. Well, he could say, maybe rephrase it, I want another coach. Maybe do it that way. If him being incompetent and him yelling at his coaches and him losing his locker room isn't enough, he literally got into a shouting match with one of his players this week, too. Yeah. Like, what else does he have to do? Right. One of the veteran, quiet-spoken players at yes. that. Who probably has probably been bubbling in yeah. all year. Yeah. You guys think he comes back next year, Urban Meyer? Man, I got to say no. Yeah, I think when you lose the locker room, I think that's it. I think he's out because the owner gave him that vote of confidence, and that's usually the death stamp. For sure. You're out of there. Yeah. If like if you know your coach is going to be there, you can publicly criticize him. But if the owner just says, "Oh, you know, we're behind him 100%." <laughs> he's gone. He gone. Yeah. Subtract that 100. So fired. <laughs> Urban Meyer. Should have never left college. He had a great gig. How do you mess up the talent of Trevor Lawrence? Wasn't he supposed to be that quarterback coming out of college? Uh, he still is. Like yeah. you can see flashes of brilliance. But he can't do anything on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You put Aaron Rodgers on the Jacksonville Jaguars, they'll probably only win a couple more games. Very true. Right? They're that bad. They've lost five of their last six since their week seven by averaging 10.7 points per game. That's rough. Oh, my goodness. It's an embarrassment. And, look, it's you got to get out of your head, owners, general managers, Quit taking these college coaches. 
if you got a super young guy who already runs like a pro-style offense, somebody like Pete Carroll, somebody like Cliff Kingsbury, okay, that's a one in a million. Right. But just think about my whole football fandom, my whole life, there's only been two successful college to NFL coaches, and that's Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll. That's true. 505-246-0610. If you can think of one more, please let me know. Call or text. But as far as I can remember, there's only been two successful college to NFL coaches, Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll. And then we'll see the jury's still out on Cliff Kingsbury. Looking good so far. He's already. He's doing He's, he's, doing he's great on his so way. Far. I'm with you. The way to go in the NFL is these coordinators. That's the way to go especially the ones who were under great coaches and saw how the team should be ran. And as far as the coaches go, there's very few Belichicks out there. There's not coaches that put their heart and their soul and they're like these evil geniuses. This doesn't happen very often. Bill Belichick's going to be good with a ragtag bunch of losers like he always has been. He does more with less than any coach I've ever seen. He did have Tom Brady. He did have some superstars here and there. But that kind of coach that has that big of an impact is rare. What's important to me, what I think is more important for a successful NFL team, is your general manager. Yes. Getting, getting the talent, getting the talent at a good price, and putting pieces together that fit. Because, I mean, as Packer fans, Vital, like we've seen mediocrity from all the general managers just wasting Aaron Rodgers' time. And there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of elite quarterbacks throughout the years that are just languishing with a bad general manager who doesn't put pieces around them, who doesn't put a, a, a real team together, doesn't put a real roster together, and they're just stuck in limbo forever. I'm looking at these college coaches that came to the pros and actually did something. A lot of them, if you name Barry Switzer and Tom Coughlin and all them, I don't look at them. They have two different situations. Coughlin wasn't in college that long. No. Barry Switzer was, but he came to a ready-made team. Inherited the team. Yeah, yeah he yeah, inherited That's what usually team. happens. Nothing like what you're really talking about. For sure. Uh, more NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. And we start our day every day at the YMCA. Urban Meyer got this text line lit. Oh, man. There really? are not a lot of Urban Meyer fans out here in the world. I don't blame the guys. As it should be. I don't have the best memory on earth, Robert. Okay. But I can't remember a year where there was this much parity in the NFL. I agree. Especially the AFC. If you take out the Jets, the Texans, and Jaguars, every single team left over has a chance to make the playoffs. This is a crazy competitive year. And like you saw at the beginning of the year, I mean, the Patriots were two and four. Yes. The Chiefs were three and four. Right. Yeah. These two teams, the, the top two teams in the AFC, were very recently under 500. 
the Bills started off on fire, and now they lost their identity. Josh I- Josh Allen can't hit oh my goodness. broadside of a barn with a they, football. They can't run the ball, and then they can't stop the run. They're, their offensive line is bad. It is rough. I don't think they even try to run the ball. If it's not Allen running the ball, they don't run it. And they got a great defense. Like, their um, points for versus points against is still a very wide spread, one of the best in the NFL. But just recently, they I mean, they lost their whole identity. The Dolphins, five wins in a row. Crazy. Who saw that coming? I did not. No, not at all. The Dolphins have a very talented roster. And if they get to a plane, like what they thought, Miami's general managers, what they think of, like what they see when they think of Tua, if he's playing like that, watch out. They're only one game out. Yes. How about Cincinnati? They've lost two games back-to-back at home when they had opportunities to win both games. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's a sign of a young team, right? You can't finish games. Are you guys still high on them? Because No. What, they're, they're a year or two away. Yeah, I don't understand why they're, they're really trying to ram – the Cincinnati Bengals down our throat. I think it's coming. It's coming way too early. I agree as well. I mean, they're they're so young, but they keep adding pieces. They keep having successful draft picks. They're going to be the class of the North pretty soon. Oh yeah. The Steelers, who I I predicted to miss the playoffs, I thought the Steelers would underperform. Lost last game. Almost came back, but. They're at 500, 6-6-1. Six, six, They're within striking distance. I mean, the Titans. I was about to say the Titans. The Titans, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown. Nah, we're fine. We'll just keep winning. Number two seed. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And the Colts, who I thought were going to have a phenomenal year, they're up and down. They're, bas- they're basically the Vikings with the winning record. <laughs> Hot stove, free agents are fleeing to Asia. When we get back, you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. One hour in the books, 30 minutes to go as we kick off to sports animal and Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football starting at 5.30 right here. So just go right in from us right into Monday night football should be a good game Rams and Cardinals two teams with Super Bowl aspirations Los Angeles Rams look like the best team in the league early in the year Arizona Cardinals looked like the best team in the league in the middle of the year and I think they're going to be battling it out in the west and playoff seating throughout the whole year so check out Monday night football So if you're not a superstar and you're not sure if you're going to get a big money Major League Baseball contract, I'm talking about end-of-the-bench guys, I'm talking about middle relievers, I'm talking about quad-A baseball players. If you're unsure of getting that big money contract when the lockout is over, what do you do this year? Because you're not on the top of the list for all these MLB teams who have roster spots open. Right. What do you do? How about you go play in a league that doesn't have a lockout going on right now, like the Korean Baseball Organization, 
like Japanese baseball. Take your talents to Asia. And you're seeing a mass exodus of all of these fringe free agents who are all going to Asia. Just in the past week, 10 players, including Yasiel Puig. Oh, the wild horse. He should, Yasiel Puig should have a contract with almost any team in baseball. Worst case scenario, fourth outfielder and designated hitter. Worst case scenario. Agreed. But now he's going to be playing in Korea. And you're seeing this with a bunch of like fringe roster guys, quadruple A players that are good enough for the big leagues, um, might be at the end of the roster, might be one of the last men on the roster. They're all going to Japan and Korea. Do you blame them? No. Not one bit. Not one bit. None whatsoever. I agree with that. So obviously the superstar players aren't just going to bolt and go play in Southeast Asia unless they have some kind of Asian connection already. But 10, 10, count them, 10 players left the MLB to go to Asia. Is that considered an exodus? Is that a lot? Is that a lot? That's a lot. Yeah. Because usually it, it will be later in the free agent signing, like right before spring training. If these guys aren't confident that they're going to get a contract, then they will go play in Asia. But this is, this is the earliest I have ever seen this happen, and it's directly a result of the lockout. So all, I, I expect more people to go, too, because now they're going to see this, and you know what happens when people notice trends. The trends get stronger. I mean, it's, it's a domino effect. Right. So you're going to see in the next couple weeks until the lockout is lifted, you're going to see more and more players taking their talents to Asia. I do believe on one of the shows you were not present for, we had a call with Bob Nightingale. And I think this was a question that I asked him, but I don't remember. Maybe you do, Van. So if they go to Asia and the lockout ends, do they have to stay there for the duration of whatever they signed? Or are they able to say, okay, lockout's over, let me get back over to America? I don't know the exact specifications, but I would assume – that there's some kind of mutual buyout in the contract. Okay. But my perception is if they sign with this team, they have a one, two, three, whatever year contract. Right. And what you're seeing from all these players that are going there is they're all signing one-year contracts. Which makes a lot of sense. They need the security. Yeah. They need the money. They need to stay fresh because they're going to want to have sustained success over a season in either Japan or Korea, and then parlay that success and come right back here. And it's not like they're going over there and they're going to be Barry Bonds because there's great competition over there. There really is. Yeah. The, uh, the competition in Japan and Korea, while it's a very slightly differently played game, mm-hmm. the teams there can compete with the MLB. It's not like they're going to be Stefan Marbury where he turned into Michael Jordan when he went overseas. Exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. That was a statue of him. No, it's not going to be like that. If you put a superstar in the Japanese or Korean leagues, they're going to be exponentially better. Oh, yeah. But the, but the kind of people who go there to play, these end-of-the-roster guys, they're not going to be that much better, and their stats aren't going to be that much better. And, and, and there's all kind of metrics and uh, advanced analytics that can show you the impact he had in either Korea or Japan and extrapolate that over a baseball season and what his stats would look like mm-hmm. if he played that season here instead of there. 
So they know what's going on. Right. I think it's a great idea. Um, maybe this will be something that more will take advantage of. Ten is a lot. That that it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot, especially because the lockout just started not too long ago. Exactly. Usually, you'll see this this many people signing like right before spring spring training. If they don't think they're going to get a gig, then then they'll flee to Korea or Japan. But in the history of my baseball fandom, this is the earliest I've seen people go. Oh, and real talk, they're gonna love Yasiel Puig there. Oh, he's a character. Have you ever seen a Korean baseball game? No. It is a blast. I've seen highlights, but not a complete game. It's on my bucket list to go to Korea and watch a baseball game. It looks live. It's kind of like European soccer. Oh, yeah. Where every team, I mean, excuse me, every player has their own song. Like the, oh, like, like that. The crowd. It's kind of like a gong show meets baseball. Oh, it is yes. so much fun. They have like people on top of the dugouts dancing. Oh, yeah. They got those thunder sticks. Like, so every- they basically bring like, you know, like triple, not triple A, but they have those teams in small cities right. where they have to conjure up these gimmicks to get, to get people to come watch them. Right. But it's on a grander scale. That, I think that's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, but, yeah, they just have so much fun, and they're so passionate. Like, every player has their own song, and when they're walking up to bat, instead of walkout music, the crowd will chant the song for the yes. players. And, like, they're just so insanely passionate. And Puig is a character. He's a character. He would love that. He'd love it. And they were gonna love, they're going to love him, like you said. Oh, he's going to be a <laughs> – he could probably run for office in Korea when his baseball career is done. It's going to be Marbury. He did, yeah. <laughs> and the food – Oh, my God, the food. Oh, man. Oh, hey, there we go. There's our varsity. What's that? Today's varsity, best Asian food. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I can dig this one. It's going to be a heated debate. (laughs) You'll make your list during a commercial break, Vital. I know you're an Asian food guy. He's steak. Nope, not at all. You're steak and taters guy. Yes, stick to your ribs kind of (laughs) guy. Okay. I love it. I'd eat Asian food every day. Yeah, I'm with you. Like Desert Island, have to pick one cuisine. It'd probably be Asian. You can't go wrong. I'm actually making some kimchi right now. That's what I do for Christmas is I make people's stuff. I don't buy people's stuff. Ah. That's very untraditional, but a great idea. Usually what I do for Christmas instead of buying consumer goods and I'm outing myself. As a hippie right now, if you couldn't tell by the mustache and Prius already, I got some pretty hipster hip hippie tendencies. So <laughs> if you didn't know already, the cat is out the bag. Yeah, I like I like for Christmas, I like uh oh, and by the way, Mac Jones got himself into some trouble with the media by saying his thoughts on Christmas, which I share. We'll get to that in a Uh-oh. second. I like to make things or I like to get people experiences. I'd rather buy somebody. Go. I'd rather buy somebody concert tickets, or like a gift certificate to go out to a nice restaurant, instead of just like something they're going to use once and throw You're away. You're a very thoughtful gift giver. Thank you. You don't run into those type of people a lot. I run into a lot of very bad gift givers. Because most people, what they do is, is they get text alerts or email alerts on their phone. And then whatever their phone tells them to buy, that's what they rush out to the store, 
hastily on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve and buy a bunch of stuff and wrap it and give it to you the next day. Well, my thing is, have you not paid attention to me ever? (laughs) (laughs) What would you think? At what time do you think I would be excited and happy to get Uh what you gave me? Oh, a Bob's Big Boy Burger (laughs) lamp. Oh, oh, that's old school, right cool. there. Cool, Bob's cool. <laughs> so Mac Jones, they're asking Mac Jones what his favorite Christmas song is, and he's like, "I don't really have one. I don't like Christmas music." Like, oh. oh, yeah. He's oh. like, "I don't." He's like, "I don't know Taylor Swift or something." No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. <laughs> he didn't even go to like the classics. Yeah. Oh, man. He didn't didn't just say anything. He's like, yeah, I don't like Christmas music. And I love it, though. I love the honesty. Well, that's definitely a Belichick guy right there. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. That sounds like Belichick's answer. He just mimicked Belichick right there. And then they said, well, well, what about Christmas movies? He's like, I don't have a favorite Christmas movie either. There's too many movies already. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yes. There's too many movies already. Belichick puppet, man. But that's a real thing, right? Like when you're surfing on Netflix or Prime or whatever you watch, like there's too many choices. Yeah. You're like, okay, what do I feel like now? Action, comedy, drama. And you go to whatever category you're looking for and you scroll through hundreds of movies and you're like, (laughs) it takes the amount of time to watch a movie to pick out a movie. And by the time you watch it, you're like, man, I should have watched something else. I I really wasn't into that at all. Oh, my gosh. Varsity of Asian food when we come back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports app. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our day every day at the YMCA. That hour and a half flew by, didn't it? Oh, my goodness. My goodness, we had some fun today. Thank you for the text line. Thank you for your hot takes. Thank you for setting Urban Meyer on fire. <laughs> the text line, the sports animal text line, is basically just the roast of Urban Meyer. Oh, yes. It's pretty It's pretty heated. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can't read a single one of these texts. Why not? Oh, it's that bad. It's that bad. It oh. Is, it is fire. It is fire in here. Oh, I love it. There's more, there's more bleeps than articles and pronouns. <laughs> Today's I-9 Varsity is the Varsity of Best Asian Food. Highly recommend if you've got a kid looking for something fun to do, you check out I-9 Sports. They are the best in the city. We love what they do for the youth of Albuquerque. Check out I-9Sports.com and make sure you search for 280. That is the Albuquerque chapter. League Office 280 contact info. You can Email leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com or give them a call, 505-312-4999. You want to go first? You want me to go first? No, I'm going to go first. All right. This is a great, great varsity. Um, as you know, I was, in the, I was in the military, United States Marine Corps, and we did what's called a Western Pacific tour. So we hit all of the Pacific. My favorite dish that I ever ate, Asian was from Singapore. It's called chili crab. I don't know if you know what that is. I do not. I'm about to Google it, though. Google chili crab. And what you do is you just crack open the bones and you suck out the meat. 
It is the best thing I've ever tasted. So it's just uh, a soft shell crab yeah. soaked in chili sauce. Yes. And you just go for it. You go. It looks delicious. Oh, my goodness. Singaporean chili crab. Yes. Oh, when you when we went there, that's the first thing. I. What's the best thing to eat? They pointed me in that oh. direction. Yes. All right, my first one's a softball. This isn't very uh, exciting or technical. Pho. Oh, yeah. Pho or... If you're not a connoisseur, faux. It is just the best stuff on earth. The broth is amazing. Oh, oh the spice blend is amazing. You can make it as spicy as you want. The noodles are phenomenal. Little bean sprouts and cilantro mm. and that, that rare beef if you're into that. Or if you're like me, you do like a crispy tofu. Maybe some tempeh. Phenomenal. So first on my I-9 varsity Asian food is yeah. pho. Yes, um, I love dumplings, so I have to go with Momo's. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. I could eat a dozen before I eat another dozen. What uh, What's your favorite stuffing? Um, I really don't have a preference. Just whatever? I just love them. Bring it. Yeah, just Bring it. I know if it's wrapped up, it's something great in the middle of it. I love it. I'm going to stay in the soup world for my next one and go with Thai coconut soup. Ooh. You mess with Thai coconut soup? Ooh, I've had it. Well, that was a part we went to Phuket, Thailand, and I've had it there. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm glad you correctly pronounced that city. Yes. That could have got us in big Yeah, that could have got us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have got us. Yeah. The Thai co- <laughs> that coconut milk base and all those veggies and the creaminess and the spiciness. It's just phenomenal combinations of flavors. What's crazy is I don't I'm not a really spicy food eater, but when it's Asian food, I love the spice there. It's, You're not a green chili guy, right? No, you can't no. do the super hot green chili. No, but like, it's you different. Dig, you dig the flavor. You dig mild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot. It's hard not to like the flavor of green chili. Right. I, I like I legit judge people if they don't like even mild green chili because mm-hmm. just the flavor is phenomenal. Yeah, but if I just have hot and no flavor, I'm out. Sure. <laughs> I'm out. Sure. So I'm going to go with uh, fish head curry. Okay. You ever had that? Yeah. Yes. That's another from Singapore. Basically any curry I'm into. Red snapper. Oh, with the curry. Ooh, yes. And my last one is I got two jars fermenting right now is kimchi. Ooh. I love kimchi. I put it on everything. Kimchi on a hot dog instead of sauerkraut and mustard. Kimchi with your noodles, kimchi on stir fry, anything kim, just like a pile of it on the side of anything too. The seasonings, oh yes, I love it. I got two. I'll show you a picture after this. I got two giant jars fermenting right now. How long have they been? Uh, Wednesday will be a week. Oh yeah, they gotta they gotta do two weeks and then I rejar them. Oh yeah. Thanks for all the texts. Thanks for roasting Urban Meyer with us all day today, guys. Now I gotta Uh, read those when we get offline. (laughs) Thanks for. Thanks for Tommy the Truth. This phone call and Cowboy. Now we got we might we not you know, he's gonna call and talk Cowboys every Monday no matter what. We might as well make him like a correspondent or yeah, yeah. our cowboy fan in the streets or something. He's at least like I said, he's level headed. He uh, he gets it. Monday night football coverage when we are off air in five short minutes. LA Rams, Arizona Cardinals. Rams are battling injuries and COVID, but I still think it's going to be a great game. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Fred Slow, co-host of Two Men On. That's why he's not. 76th birthday to Fred Slow. He's aging quickly. (laughs) 
And thank you, Robert. You've been listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.